Welcome to Coffee House. We've got a short discussion here to kind of better frame the whole discussion around education that we're in the midst of. I don't want to leave this topic too quickly. But like I said, we've got a whole bunch of other books coming down on the other side, and we're going to have some topic discussions apart from that. There is so much going on in the world. So there's a fundamental idea from Hostages No More by Betsy DeVos that we talked about last week. And it's that education was designed to do something specific. It wasn't just designed in kind of a neutral way to try to impart knowledge to children. We heard from that uh, theorist, the originator of the educational institutions in the United States, his name was Mann, how it was like taking people's children as hostages. But the point was to take from parents and produce particular kinds of people. So the question becomes, and the thing that we ought to be thinking about, is how much are schools doing as an attempt to separate children and parents? But that's the crazy thing. Over the last several decades, things that used to be exclusively within the purview of parents have become an interest of the government. So initially, I mean, the things that you could think of are just sex as an act. That was something that initially was the, the strict purview of the, the parent to impart that information to their children with the birds and the bees. But it more and more became an aspect of your education. So it was a part of a class or part of discussions with your teacher. Or in a more general way, part of the socialization that you end up in in school. Gender as an idea, of course, this one's kind of the most significant one that we have today. What gender is, what it means, what gender your children's are, has become, you know, one of the primary discussions that you see in government schools. Sexual orientation, of course, as kind of a corollary to that, who people are attracted to and whether that needs to be hidden from, from parents. And then moral understanding of the world, what is moral, what is immoral, imparting morals to children, what society expects of you, all those sorts of things, used to be uh, mostly within the purview of parents, and teachers would only do that to the, to the necessary degree to keep students you know, on task to be learning what they're supposed to be learning. But even beyond those things, things like companionship with peers or with uh, adults, guidance from adults, which adults are the ones who are supposed to be your guides, who are supposed to be the authority figures in your life, and even food and play. You know, obviously a lot of government schools, they will provide food to a number of students as opposed to the students getting that, bringing that food from home. But all of these things create associations psychologically. When they are primarily associated with parents, the emotions flow that direction when they're primarily associated with school or with other adults or the educational institution itself, then the emotions flow that direction. So the thing to keep in mind is that the family is the most formidable unit against centralized power. So one of the things in the Cultural Revolution, this is how it's described, how families were treated during the Cultural Revolution in China. So the major communist revolution that has arguably had long-term success, you know, after the 20th century. So families were made to eat in cafeterias, which meant no home needed a kitchen. Children were raised in daycare centers instead of being looked after by relatives. Parents were cremated instead of buried, and the ancestor tablets, the family records, and ancestral halls were destroyed in the Cultural Revolution. So all these things that were aspects of the family that created associations with the family, that gave positive connotations to the family that they supported, they gave you, were taken away. It's the same method you know, as cults use or abusive partners. They try to separate you from the things that are supportive of you outside of their purview. 
It destroys any other means of support, financially, physically, psychologically. And so one of the things that you see out there today is that the family, as a foundational support of an individual, is being attacked on all fronts. It started with things that are eminently reasonable and positive (laughs) that ought to have happened and should still be in place, but had greater ramifications than we realize. Things like the 19th Amendment, or women being less dependent on abusive partners for basic needs. I mean, those are eminently excellent things. Support systems for abused children. When children have abusive parents, they have means of getting away from them and getting resources that can, that can help them. But rather than the state having an interest in cultivating better families, which is one direction they could have taken, so that it's less likely for those bad things to happen, government institutions attempted to usurp those roles that a family used to provide. So whether it's as a financial or resource provider or as the arbiter of morality, and it's something that continues to this day. Now, this means of undermining American society is deliberate in many. There are are numerous examples of this being described as a means of undermining American society in general and the American government in particular as a, a power on the world stage. There's actually the Soviet theorist, and I tried to find it so I could share it with you, but it was a theorist specific, decades ago talking about how even though the Soviets lost or were in the process of losing and couldn't defeat America from the outside militarily, that they would defeat it internally by encouraging all these very bad things socially. And so socioculturally, it would decay over time, and that would be the undermining of American society and the ultimate victory for this Soviet theorist. But you don't have to go that far or that deep, and most of the people who are involved in this particular undoing of the sociocultural positive standards that we've had are unwitting players. So anything that destabilizes the family is creating a power vacuum. That's what it does. And the state gets to step into that vacuum and take that over. One thing that you can look at, any long-term Democrat-run cities, so these are cities that have been run by Democrats for decades, for 40 years, they've been able to institute whatever policies that they want to within those confines and establish the uh, utopia you know that they're always talking about but you don't have a utopia there's no utopian collective effort ensuring everyone is safe and productive and has everything that they need you end up in these places with crime ridden financially devastated fewer opportunities for its citizens long-term decay in housing and you have growing wealth and resource gaps amongst the population the wealthiest in these areas loot the system while the poorest get the bare minimum These are in places like San Francisco where businesses are fleeing, and this is because this has been accelerated over recent history. But you have homelessness on the rise, you have criminality that's going unpunished because of the particular policies, local policies in the areas. But all these are how you hollow out these kinds of cities. But it's not due to incompetence. It's not that they don't understand the ramifications of what they're doing. It's on purpose. The wealthiest will get cheap property, the people will suffer more, and then, as a result of the suffering, they will want more government intervention. The worst thing that could happen for a government seeking more power and money is for its constituents to be happy, secure, and healthy. That is completely inimical to what they're trying to accomplish. So that being the case, the point is that any kind of government interventions that will deliberately or tangentially undermine the family unit have to be resisted. And like I said earlier, there are a number of things that uh, seem like they are on the face just good things. They're more, they give you more freedom when it comes to dealing with or planning your family or managing it thereafter. Things like uh, no-fault divorce, making it easier to get a divorce. On the face, it seems like something that uh, is a positive. It makes it easier for you. Great, jump out of your marriage without consequence. 
in the long term, it undermines the value of that as an institution and therefore the value of family as an institution. So we have to be aware of that and have a look at it from every different angle that you could possibly look at it and see where it's being undermined. And definitely any politician that is advocating or trying to manipulate people into supporting policies or ideas that are specifically undermining of how cogent or strong a family unit is, then those need to be pointed out and resisted. So anyway, I just want to kind of explore that idea a little bit because the point of the book, you know, and the title of the book is that it was designed in that way. It, it was the purpose of it. And one thing, when you're looking from the outside and you're not very involved in the process or understand much about the process because you're doing your own thing, obviously, then you might not realize, you might think that it's just people who are not very good or incompetent and they don't realize what they're doing. When in fact, the whole goal of the structure is to be doing the terrible things that it's doing. <laughs> so in this particular case, uh, like I said, I think a lot of things when it comes to education are overstated when it comes to reforms. But this aspect of it, this uh, inclination of powerful interventions to undermine other sources of power, so this is a competition. It's, it's a matter of one locus of power trying to attack another one. You know, when you have a number of uh, very strong families, what you have is a dispersal of power amongst a bunch of different people. When that is undermined and it's all gathered to the state, then you have a centralized system of power that can more easily be abused. So, anyway, this was a discussion related to hostages no more. And next week, I'm not sure what the very next book is going to be, but obviously we have the five books, and I think I'm going to push it on, on Frankenstein, try to get through that one, and have that be the next one that we talk about, because fiction just sounds nice right now, <laughs> so we might do that. But uh, otherwise, I hope all is well. I hope you're having a good week, and I will see you on the next one. All right, bye. <laughs>